Anybody here, if you need a worship God first, anybody need a worship God? Great. We're going to get you taken care of while I'm introducing the message. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Keep your hand up to receive a way to take notes and to be able to follow the message. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. You are somebody in his body. This is an introduction to a series of sermons about the importance of church and a body and what that means and what does the Bible say about it because we have some misguided thoughts about what the church is. Now, before I start, I want to make sure this is clear, especially to everyone who is a member of Gospelite Baptist Church. I want you, but, but this is for everyone, but I want to be kind enough to say if you're not a member, obviously you're kind of sitting in maybe on uh, a service to find out about this church. And that's, this is a great, great way to do that in a sermon like this, in a series like this. But I want you to know, first of all, that you are important to gospel life. There's no question about that. The church needs you. And the church is ineffective without you. And the gospelite needs you. And gospelite loves you. I think the better question would be, is gospelite, is the church important to you? The church should be important to us. But maybe the reason why it isn't is because we don't quite understand what it is. How does God describe the church? What does the scripture say about what a church is? Well, there's several different descriptions of the church. Are you ready for a few? First of all, God describes the church as the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. Maybe you've heard that before. He is the bridegroom. We are the bride. In Revelation 19, and I don't have these verses for the screen. I did some extra studying this week and didn't get the verses uh, for the screen, but I have them for you. It says, let us be glad and rejoice, Revelation 19, verse 7, and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. God describes the church as his bride. He is the bridegroom. And there is a marriage between him and the church. He loves the church. The church is described not only as the bride of Christ, but it's described as a building. Now here's where oftentimes people make this a mistake. Because we can think, if we're not careful, that the church is this building. It's the four walls. Hey, let's go to church. Let's go to 600 Garland Street, where there's the, that building with, with the roof and walls and carpet and pews. That's the church. But according to Scripture, that's not what the church is. When Jesus describes the church as a building, he speaks of himself as the foundation. God, Jesus, is the foundation of the church. And we, you and I, are living stones. We're like the bricks that make up the building. He is the foundation. We are his spiritual building. Number three, the church is also described as an army. An army. I like that description of the church, don't you? An army. Revelation 19, verse 19 says... And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war with him that sat on the horse and against 
His army. God's army is the church. And guess what the Bible describes him as? Our victorious king. He's the five-star general that leads his army. The church is described as an army. Fourthly, the church is described as a flock of sheep. I know you've heard of that one. We are his sheep, right? We are his sheep, and he is our great shepherd. No trick questions here from this pastor. He is our great shepherd. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And the sheep hear his voice. And we do what he says. But I want to describe the church today as his body. Because he does. And that's the one I want to use for the sermon. God describes his church as a body. He says in Ephesians chapter 1 that he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. Doesn't get any clearer than that. The church is God's body. He is the head. We are the members. Notice about all these things that I just described to you as being the church. There's, there's one thing in common. A lot of things are different about what I said, but there's one thing in common. That all of these descriptions have to do with togetherness, with unity, with community. None of what I described to you speaks of individualism. The church is not about individualism. It's not about me, my, and mine. What's in it for me? The church is not about that. The church is about we're in this together. We are all important. Every one of us is somebody in his body. We're all members of the body. In fact, in Romans 12, it says, For as many, for as for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Isn't that beautiful? Doesn't that describe the church as well or as as, as good as anything else? We're many, but we're one. We're all members of his body. I've heard some people say this about the church as as I've invited them to church, right? Well, I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. Now, I want to say this as nicely. It's the first Sunday of the year, right? Let's say this nicely, but that is showing your ignorance. The truth of the matter is, is Jesus and the church are not the same, but they are inseparable. If you don't like fellowship with the saints down here, you will not like fellowship with the saints up there. You see, this is the church, and God loves the church, and we are members of his body. And to say that I love Jesus, but I don't love that, that doesn't even make sense. That's not good English. That's not... That's not biblical at all. And so let's look at what the scripture tells us about the church being a body, shall we? Let's look at what the Bible says. So let's read our text. Are you ready for this? And and I hope that you'll, you'll catch on very quickly. This is an incredible passage of scripture that must be read with a little feeling. Otherwise, it, it can be a little bit confusing. So are you ready for me to read with a little feeling? Here we go. Verse 12, 1 Corinthians 12. For as, as the body is one... And hath many members, 
and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit, we're all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews, Gentiles, bond or free, we've all been made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm just not of the body. Is it really therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, well, that's weird. Can you imagine an eye up here trying to teach this? Just rolling around on the, on the platform looking at you. Because an eye can't talk. So an eye wouldn't be speaking. It would just be up here rolling around on the platform. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. Wow. Cool passage. So let me give you four thoughts about why the church is called the body from that passage. Are you ready for this? All right, number one. Here we go. Let's learn something together. In a body, there is a manifested person. In every body, there is a manifested person. Do you know who is manifested in my body? I am. Everything you know about me, you know through my body. Erica Pacey is manifested through this body. You say, no, 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 I know you, brother, because I, I recognize your voice. When you talk, I know it's you. No, 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 my voice, my mouth is part of my body. You say, brother, Eric, I can see if you were walking uh, with, with, with your face away from me, I would know it's you. I just know your stature. I know you walk. I, so, so, wait, wait, think about that now. That means you would know me how I walk but how do I walk it's it's my body walks you see everything you know about me you know through my body the person manifested in my body is Erica Pacey so how is the world going to know Jesus Christ through his body and we are his body think about it God is a spirit. We can't see him. He's a spirit. He's somewhat invisible, if you will. But Jesus lives in his body, which is the church. What a beautiful illustration. The church is the visible part of the invisible Jesus. And Jesus is the invisible part of the visible church. That makes sense, doesn't it? If Jesus is manifested in this church, it'll be through me. If Jesus is manifested in my home to my wife and kids, it'll be, it'll be through me. You see, I can't live the Christian life by myself. I muff it up all the time. I mess it up. I'm an idiot. I, I can't do it. I, I don't know how to do it. I'm terrible at it. I, I, anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm just, I'm just not good at living the Christian life. But... Jesus can live the Christian life through me. 
It's really incredible how that works. On my own, I'm a failure. I'm a flop. I think bad thoughts. I say bad things. I can be unkind. But when Jesus is manifesting himself through me, I love everybody. I'm kind. I even love my enemies. When Jesus is manifested through me, I do good to those who persecute me. But if not, I'll punch him right between the eyes. Because <laughs> I can't live the Christian life by myself. But when Jesus is manifesting himself through me, you see, you and I are how this community is going to see Jesus. I memorized a poem years ago when I was a little kid. I think I was 16 years old when I memorized this poem. And I've quoted it a thousand times. God has no hands but our hands to do his work today. He has no feet but our feet to lead men to his way. He has no help but our help to lead men to his side. He has no tongue but our tongue to tell men that Christ died. We're the only Bible this careless world will read. We're the sinner's gospel. We're the scoffer's creed. We are the Lord's last message, written in deed and in word. What if the line be crooked? What if the print be blurred? What if our hands are busy with other works than his? What if our feet are leading where sin's allurement is? What if our tongues are speaking of things that Christ would spurn? How can we hope to aid him and hasten his return? You see, you and I are the only Jesus this world will see. The greatest compliment I was ever given was from a five-year-old boy in Chicago. I was visiting some houses in Chicago on, on my bus route. A lot of you would not know who these two ladies are, Claudia and Digna. Claudia is married to Thomas Kemp. Digna is married to Dave Wilkie. But those two girls are sisters and lived in Chicago and rode my bus to church every Sunday. And now they serve together in hot springs at Gospel Light. But when I used to pick up those two girls in the inner city of Chicago, this family, not them, they, they were well taken care of. Their mother was phenomenal. In fact, she's here this weekend. She's an awesome lady. But there was a lot of poverty in Chicago. And I happened to notice in one of the houses that I visited on a weekly basis, a family who had no food. The husband was an alcoholic, and he chose alcohol over feeding his children. And so I determined to buy the family some groceries. And so as a college student, it's not that you have a lot of money, but your heart can be moved and stirred to do something, you know, and you don't have to wait till you're in the ministry to do something for somebody. So I took some of my money out of my savings and I went and bought groceries for this family. And I walked the groceries up three flights of stairs in inner city Chicago on this particular Saturday. I was about 20 years old. I, I knock on the door and a little boy, five-year-old boy, comes to the door. And he says, Mom, somebody's here. And mother comes to the door, and I look at the mom, and I said, Mom, I just, I know you guys are going through a hard time. I, 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 rec- I know you didn't have any groceries. I just thought I'd go out, and Merry Christmas. And she began to cry, and she let me in, and I set all the groceries down that I could set down on her counter. And, and I said, listen, I love you guys, and, you know, just 
thank you for riding my bus. And I began to walk out, and that little boy tugged on my, my jacket in the cold winter of Chicago. And so I was wearing, he, tugged, he said, sir, are you Jesus? And I said, well, no, I'm not Jesus. I'm just, and then I thought, to him I am. I'm the only Jesus he'll ever see. I mean, what I just did is what Jesus would have done. We are his body. Is this beginning to make sense? Number two, in a body, there's not only a a manifested person, but in a body, there is a ministering purpose. There's a purpose for the body. Now, what is the purpose of Erica Pacey's body? I'm going to tell you, it sounds kind of selfish. It does, I know. But my body is to minister to me. That's right. My body is to serve me. My body is to do what I say do. My, my eyes are here to help me to see, to walk, to get around. My legs are here to carry me wherever I want to go. My hands are here to feed me. Think ahead of me now. What is gospel light here to do? What is this body here to do? We are here to minister to God. We are here to serve God, to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, my body does not have plans of its own. Can you imagine if my hand woke up this morning and just decided to punch me in the face? I would be like, hand, what do you think you're doing? That didn't feel good at all. My hand would never do that. Because my hand is here to serve me. To obey my every command. Watch this. It's incredible. Hand, go in my my left pocket. Thank you. You say, you are being silly, Brother Eric. It's an illustration that is very effective if you think about it. God says... To his body. Here it is. Here's my word. Now go and do it. Are you with me? We are here as the body of Christ to obey God, to serve God. This church is here to listen to what the head says. You see, the head of the church is not the pastor. Somewhere along the line, we got sold a really bad teaching. I grew up in a in a, in a teaching that said, the pastor has the authority. He is the pastor. You do what he says. I grew up in a religion that taught the members don't read the Bible. It, they just come and listen and then do what we say. That is false doctrine. I am not the head of this church. Guess what I am? A member. <laughs> just a member. That's all. I mean, I have this title called the pastor. You can read the Bible and find out the description. I have, you know, some oversee here, and I'm able to run the daily operations. And, you know, the only difference between me and you is the church does pay me to do certain things at the church all day long. But honestly, I'm just a member. He's the head. He's the head of the church. And we obey him. We do what he says. And the more I learn that, the more I understand that, guess what happens? This burden is lifted. And I I begin to understand that God had a different plan than even I was taught. 
Soon we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts. In the next few weeks, we are going to unlock an incredible discovery about you. You are a gifted person. You are. You see, many come to church and feel as if they're there to sit. I'm here, you know, I'm just, and, and, and by the way, I, I think this is some of our fault, fault. It is. Because we tend, as church leadership, my personality, others as well, we tend to feel as if we need to do this. You need to come and just enjoy. You work hard all week. But wait a minute. There is something that we are robbing our people of when we try to do what they are gifted to do and not us. There is a judgment seat of Christ that's coming. And I need to be concerned with you having a good judgment seat. I want a good judgment seat. I want you to have a good judgment seat. And so we all have these giftings that are incredible that I think some people have never opened. And the goal of the next four, five, six weeks is for you to open your spiritual gift and say, wow, this is incredible. God made me to do this. It could, be, it could be awesome. We've all been placed in the body of Christ with a specific function. We all have different abilities. But the best ability is availability. You see, you may know your ability and never use it because you don't make yourself available. And so here's the prayer. Here am I, Lord. Here's my hands. <laughs> Here's my feet, here's my legs, God, here's my body. Use me, God, use me. Whatever you want me to do, God, I'll do it. There's a song that was written in 2003. I want my boys to come up and sing it right now, and I want it to become somewhat of the theme of this sermon series. And this song was written by a man named Mark Hall. Now, what's interesting about some of these songs that we're now beginning to, to sing is they're old. They're no longer contemporary. Contemporary means new. So if we had a modern hymn book, it probably would have this one. (laughs) Written 12 years ago about the body. The body of Christ. Listen to the words of this song and help, let it help you connect with the message this morning. Father, then they know. And if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing? Then there is a way. Sheds his coat and 
quietly sinks into the back row. The weight of their judgmental glances tell him that his chances are better out on the road. And if we are the body, why are his arms reaching? Why are his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing? Then there is a way. Because Jesus paid much too high a price for us to pick and choose who should come. And we are the body of Christ. And if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing? Then there is a way. Jesus is the way. Thank you, guys. What an illustration. What an illustration. And I ask the Lord to help use that great song to bring us to a place where we would ask ourselves this question. Am I willing for God to use me? Am I going to be responsive to the call of God in my life? Here I am, Lord, use me. God puts you in this church to serve Him. Listening to this sermon is not serving Him. Sometimes I think that's what we think is serving Him. I go to church. I'm here. Look, I'm sitting on my gluteus maximus, whatever it is. (laughs) And I'm using it to serve Him. (laughs) Sitting in church is not serving. Serving begins when you leave this building. That's when it starts. And so I challenge you today to ask yourself, if we are the body? If we are, then why aren't our hands reaching, our voice teaching, our hands raising, our feet going? Number three, in the body there is a manifested person, a ministering purpose and thirdly there is a motivating power power look at verse number 13 it's an interesting verse for by one spirit we're all baptized into one body and then look at the last part of the verse it says and have been all made to drink to drink Sounds funny, doesn't it? To drink into one spirit. Now, when it speaks of being baptized into the body, it's not speaking of water baptism. Water baptism is just a picture. You see, the baptism that the Scripture is speaking of here is more than just a a water baptism. This is speaking of the Holy Spirit of God indwelling the believer. When does that happen? When does the Holy Spirit come in? The Holy Spirit comes in when you become a part of the body of Christ. When you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. 
when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. And so Jesus says, you are baptized. We're all baptized. All of us that have received Jesus Christ, whether we're Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, who cares? If we're, if we're saved, we are in one body. And I'm thankful today that in Hot Springs, Arkansas, the church is beginning to realize that. And Christians all over this city are coming together from different congregations and addresses and becoming the church of Hot Springs. doesn't matter if we meet at 600 Garland, at the convention center, at Hot Springs Baptist, at First Assembly. We are a church if we, we are a body of Christ, if we are saved, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So what is this motivating power? Well, the motivating power of the human body is the human spirit. For instance, when you were created, God breathed into every person. He breathed breath, right? God breathed life. He breathed breath into you, right? For instance, take a breath right now. <sighs> Felt good, didn't it? You know what that means? You're alive. You're alive so far. Everybody's alive because they are what? B- b- breathing. God breathed into you breath. When Jesus died on the cross, what did he say? His last words. His the seven sayings of God. What's the seventh saying? Into thy hands, I commend my spirit. And he died. When God gave up the ghost, he gave up the spirit. He gave up his breath. He took his last breath and he died, right? You see, one day, it's appointed that a man wants to die. Every one of us will take our last breath. The, the, the human spirit is compri- uh, the, uh, the power of the human spirit is, is, is life. It's the fact that we're alive. We're breathing God's breath that he gave us. But the motivating power of Jesus' body is not the human spirit. It's the what? It's the Holy Spirit. That's right. The Holy Spirit is the motivating power. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is to be the life of Gospelite Baptist Church. You see, what so many people want is they want to come and be entertained for an hour and 15 minutes. Keep me awake, preacher. Keep me awake. Make sure you sing good songs. Make sure you preach a message with some animation. Tell a couple of jokes. Oh, that was really good. Hey, I stayed awake for your whole sermon. How'd you do at Star Wars? For two hours and 15 minutes. I went. Cool movie. I've never been to Star Wars before. <laughs> I kept up with it. I mean, when you got a deacon in your church that owns a Star Wars museum, you go to Star Wars movies. For two hours and 50 minutes, I was like this. Wow. And it wasn't because of the Holy Spirit. It was because there was so much action and, and, and the force, you know, and the, and the oh, wow. I got fun. I thought, man, that was incredible. If I kept you for two hours and 15 minutes, most of this congregation would not off to sleep. Or you'd walk out. Or you'd think, what has got into that preacher? He's lost his mind. He, he decided we'd sit in church for two hours. Let me tell you something. I'm not here to entertain you because I can't. If I tried, you'd walk out. 
after two hours and 15 I cannot do what Star Wars can do. But I know, I know, I know someone who if I have him in me, and if I'm full of him, and if he's working through me, I know that he can use the message, he can speak to your heart, he can change your life. And when you walk out of this building, you won't say, what a preacher. You'll say, what a God. What a God. What a God we serve. He spoke to my heart. He changed my life. He's speaking to me. I can't wait till next Sunday. I wish he would have preached longer. When's the last time you've heard anybody say that? Some of you cringed when I said it. <laughs> Truth of the matter is, is without the Holy Spirit, all this is is a speech. A nice speech. But with the Holy Spirit, it's God's word. Just using me to do it. I'm just a vessel. God has no hands but our hands to do his work today. He has no voice but our voice. That's all he's got. So I'm using it for him. You see, the church is not a corporation with Jesus as the president. The church is a body with Jesus as the head. And the Holy Spirit makes the difference. That's the difference. Is the Holy Spirit of God. Now, when did we receive the spiritual gift, Brother Eric, that you're talking about, that you're going to help us find? When did we receive that spiritual gift? Well, I was born September the 1st, 1970, oh, excuse me, 1965. <laughs> and so, 1965, April the 1st. Do you know what day April the 1st is? Shut up. And um, so, I was born April the 1st, right? And so, every year, they have this thing called a birthday party. And I get a few gifts. Cards, happy birthday, texts from you guys. It's cool. It's a great day. It's the day I was born. And they celebrated by giving me a gift or two. And it's sweet and it's fun and it's exciting. And I look forward to it. Don't you? But then there was another day I was born again. I was born into the spirit of God. I was saved. It's called my spiritual birthday. And to be honest with you, if I didn't have it, I wouldn't even want to be alive. If I didn't have my spiritual birthday, I would just assume never have my physical birthday. Because it's my spiritual birthday which makes life worth living. And so on September the 1st, 1978, I was born again. When I was born again, God gave me a gift. He said, Eric, here it is. Open it up. And I'm like, oh man, what is my gift? What does God want me to do with my life? And as I began to discover this gift, which is what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks, discovering our spiritual gift, opening this gift that God, I believe, gave to us when the Holy Spirit came in. When the Holy Spirit came in, which is at salvation, he gave us a gift. The problem is, we've, some of us have lived 20 years and never opened the gift. Some of us have lived our whole lives. We've sat in churches, we've gone to church, and we've got this gift, and God says, open it, find out what it is, develop it. It's going to be incredible. You're going, to, you're going to do great things for me. And when we get to heaven, he's going to say, come on up to the front row. You really are a hero. Well, I, but I wasn't a preacher. Oh, I, that's not what I gifted you with. I gifted you with something else. We're going to find out what those gifts are. That's what's so exciting. And so in a body, there is a manifested person. There is a ministering purpose. There is a motivating power, and finally, in conclusion, there is a mutual program. There's a program that we all are a part of. When we got saved, 
we became part of a program. And it's called the church, the body of Christ. And the more we get involved, the more we understand these three things. And I want to give you the purpose for the church. To, to, yes, it is to share the life of Jesus Christ with the community of Hot Springs. Is that right? That's the purpose. The purpose of this body is to, is to leave this building and for the next seven days until we come back together, we want others to see Jesus in our body. But with that said, we need to understand this in conclusion. That may be our purpose, but we are all different, right? Wouldn't you admit we're all different? Let me tell you something. I am a completely different personality, person. I have different gifts than Jerome Sims. Brother, it ain't the color of your skin that makes us different. Amen. We're one. Stand up, Jerome. It's my brother in Christ. Amen? We ain't worried about nothing else but the fact that we're saved. But here's what's funny. This guy is super quiet. Right? Am I right? Maybe not around the house. You tell me around the house he can be a wild man. Okay? I've never seen him. (laughs) He's a quiet guy, but he's always there. He's in his place. I know when I look up, I'm going to see Jerome. When I walk into a room, it gets a little noisy sometimes. Yeah, brother Eric's here. You know, over there carrying on. You know. Jerome, it's like, was he in church today? He's just different to me. We're different. But we're in the same body. So God says, thanks, Jerome. God says, we're a part, though we're different, completely different, we're a part of a mutual program. So I want you to see three things in that, in that illustration. Number one, I want to say this, that we all have, in common, the same life. We have a mutual life. Even though we're different, we share the same life. Look at verse 15 and 16 of our text. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? What the scripture is saying here is that That no one part of the body is less important than the other part. Same body, different responsibilities. We're one. We're one. This body is one. But I have different parts. This church should be one. We share the same life. That's why one part of the body cannot function properly apart from the other part of the body. Some parts of the body are more seen than others. Am I right? For instance, what's that look like? A hand. It is a what hand? It's a bare hand. I don't know if anybody's wearing gloves right now in church. Maybe there might be somebody wearing gloves, but chances are nobody or very few people are wearing gloves in church. You have a bare hand. But I would say this, that nobody, maybe somebody, but probably nobody is barefoot. Everybody is probably wearing socks and shoes, or at least shoes. So your feet is covered, not as easily seen as the hand, but both are very important. Some members of the body are more seen than others, but no more important than those that aren't so seen. We need each other. Sometimes we see a part of the body and... And, for instance, my hand is, is, is connected to my body. That, that's a hand, and it 
Nobody is scared of that hand. Does that hand look normal to you? Is it connected to my arm? I've been using it all day. Nobody seems to be freaked out over my hand. But Jerry, what if you looked down in the aisle right now and saw a severed hand? Just right there. <sighs> I mean, just, you leaned over and there was a hand with, with, with veins and blood and bone. You'd be like, ah! And Bang would be, you know, you'd be hugging Bang and like, don't look, Bang. This is, it's a hand. And then I would say, Jerry, it's a hand. What are you so freaked out about? But, but Eric, this one is severed from the body. Because it's not supposed to be. We're one church. Everybody's important. Nobody should be severed off. You see, my eyes, I got, I got hazel eyes. As you leave the building today, you can, you're welcome to look at my eyes. They're really cute. Everybody says, I wish I had eyes like you, Eric. You got beautiful blue eyes, you know. But if you'd have woke up this morning, opened up your dresser drawers, and saw a drawer full of eyeballs, you'd have been like, ah, you know, nightmare. What movie did I watch last night? This is crazy. You know, shut the... Why? They're eyeballs. But they're not connected to the body. Eyeballs outside the eye socket are freaky. I mean, if, if there was an eyeball rolling up here, you'd be like, I ain't never coming back here again. <laughs> you see, that's not what God intended. We share a mutual life, and God intends for us to be one. Even though there's parts of the body that are more seen than others. There's parts of the body I'm more thankful for than others. Hey, how many of you today are just thankful for your eyes? Amen? Isn't it great to be able to see? I thank God regularly for my eyes. Thank you that I can thank you, God, for my feet. I can walk. Thank you for my legs. Thank you for my hands. Thank you for my, my nose that I can smell. God, when's the last time somebody said, God, thank you for my liver? I love my liver, God. You can't live without it. Or is it your kidneys? Kidneys, yeah. So let's just thank God for our kidneys right now. Anybody want to stand up and just would that be a weird testimony? Let's have testimony. I'm glad I'm saved. I love my wife. I love my kidney. Just thank God for it. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> Took a look at it the other day. and <laughs> You wouldn't do that. It just, it's just, it's an unseen part that is often unappreciated. But if you had kidney cancer, it'd be a different story, wouldn't it? You see, every part of the body is important. Some get more accolades. Some get more appreciation. Some get more thanks. But they are not more important. Is this making sense? We all are somebody in the body. We share a mutual life. Number two, we share a mutual love. Look at verse 25 of our text. That there should be no schism. Kind of a strange word. And I'm sure there's different, uh, you have a different translation. But that, that, that word in the body, that, that just, that, that there should be no division in the body. But that the members should have the same care. One for another and whether one member suffer all the members suffer with it or one member be honored all the members rejoice with it so you saw up here on the worship team Desi Chittam some of you know Desiree some of you may not know Desiree except for that she sings on the worship team 
Desiree has a sister in our church that happens to be my daughter-in-law, and then they have family in town. Their mother came to visit with their father a few days ago, and, 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 and an accident happened. She, she fell down a flight of stairs and broke many, many bones. And if you call the prayer line, you know the details and shattered parts of her body. And she is in, was in ICU and is in a lot of pain, and it's going to take weeks and months and maybe a year to recover. Desi called Joe and said, could we sing Good, Good Father again? And Joe said, we ain't singing Good, Good Father. We just sang it two weeks ago. No. You see, Desi was hurting. She's in a trial. That song's been speaking to her. So somebody in the body calls and says, I'm suffering. I'm hurting. Could we sing this song? And Joe says, sure. We'll move this one out, move this one in, because... Guess what? That's not my mom. But because it's your mom and you're suffering, I'm going to suffer with you. I'm going to hurt with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to reach out to you. You see, this is so important for our church to understand. If one members suffer, all of us suffer. All of us. All of us hurt. All of us are affected. All of us are praying. All of us are in this together. That's why we have this prayer line. And I beg people to call it. I'd say, because folks come to me and they don't know things. And they say, you know, this, that. And I said, have you called the prayer line? Have you called the prayer line? Have you called the prayer line? The prayer line is to keep us connected. You'll know before anybody else knows what's happening, who's hurting. You can pray before you find out on Sunday. That's the purpose of the prayer line is we are one. And if somebody's hurting, you need to know it. You need to know it, church, because you need to go into intercessory prayer for them and say, this is my member. It's not, they're different than me, but we're part of the same Lord and a mutual love. That's why we can't be arrogant in the church. Well, I'm the pastor and you're not. By the way, I'm a doctor, so make sure to call me doctor. Have you ever been around a Christian that's kind of arrogant? It just doesn't go, does it? Have you ever been around a Christian that sort of just, you get a pious attitude, like, you know, they, you sit down next to them and they're like, there's no room for that in the church. There's no arrogance in the church. There's no competition in the church. We are slow to envy. We, are, we can't be selfish. We can't be divided. We share a mutual love. And then finally, we share a mutual Lord. We share a mutual life, a mutual love, and a mutual Lord. Look at verse 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Members in particular. Ye are the body of Christ. We're all a part of the body of Christ. Get this now. If you are right with the Lord, then you will be right with each other. When I am right with Jesus, then I'm going to be right with you. Because loyalty to Jesus means loyalty to you. So let's be faithful to one another. Let's be faithful to the worship services of Gospel Light this year. 
Let's be faithful to give our tithes and offerings because we're all part of the body. And even though somebody makes more money than somebody else, somebody makes 1000 a week, somebody makes 10000 a month, somebody makes 100 a week, somebody makes $10 allowance a week, but we're all part of the body, so we all give our tithes because we all are a part of a church that we want to see keep going. And so it's sad to me to find out that sometimes churches have 50, 40, 60% of the whole church tithing everybody's important. Whatever job you've got, whatever money you make, whatever contribution you make, however small, however big, God's not looking to compare the size of the offering. He just wants us all to contribute the same. Does that make sense? That's what it's all about. See, well, I don't have much to offer. No, 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 no. Be faithful in little, and God will make you ruler over much. If you love Jesus... You will love what Jesus loves. And Jesus loves the church. He gave himself for it. Pastor. Went to visit a new family. And I'll close with this thought. And he goes to this new house. This this family's house. They had been visiting a few weeks. And they wanted to join. So he stopped by their home. And it was beautiful. Beautiful home. He stepped inside as he was invited in for, for, for fellowship and for food, and he quickly noticed that this was a happy place. She had fun music in the background. She had it wonderfully decorated, and the dog. Oh, my. It was such a happy dog, and they loved this dog. I mean, it was like he was blown away by the love that this dog and, and, and this man and woman had for one another. And as he was just taking it all in, the pastor said to the family, wow, I'm just so blessed. And I know we haven't even had dinner yet, but I've just got to tell you, you've got a wonderful family. And I, I can't help but to notice there's no children here. And it just, I just thought I'd let you know, I, I'm just, I think you guys would be wonderful parents. I, especially just the way that you love that dog. I can't imagine how a child would feel loved. And all of a sudden, the woman broke into sobbing tears and she ran out of the room he stood there somewhat shocked and still and he looked at the husband he said oh my goodness I'm so sorry I I must have said something I shouldn't have said and the husband said you would not have known it's okay could ask what I what I said what 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 caused this and he said well you see he said uh, my wife and I had a child And as a result of the pregnancy and the hard labor and the way that the child was born and all the things she went through, the doctors told us she would not be able to have any more children. But a year ago, our our boy died. And right before he died, he, he asked us if we would please take care of his dog and love his dog like he loved the dog. And so you see... When we love that dog and care for that dog, it's as if we're caring and loving our own son. Are you getting ahead of me now? Jesus loves the church. He loves the body of Christ. And he wants us to love each other like he loves us. If we are the body, let's love like Jesus loved. And over the next few weeks, I want to ask you to pray with me about four things. The last four notes. Number one, I want you to discover yourself. I do. I feel like it's time for this pastor 
to step down from some of my, oh, I should say almost, I feel as if I could, if I could confess to you, I feel like that I've made it hard for some of you to be a part because I, I'm a workaholic. I love to work and do. I love to get here two, three, four hours early before church. I love to wake up before, way before the sun rises. I love a long to-do list. I, I think I'm doing some things you'd be better at than me. So I need you to discover yourself because I'd like to give you some of the stuff I'm doing, about 50%, that you could probably do a whole lot better. Number two, I want to ask you to accept yourself. Accept who you are. You know what I had to accept? The fact that I wasn't, I'm not Billy Graham. Billy Graham is Billy Graham. You know what? They built a library about him. I went through it and I thought, oh man, I'll never be Billy Graham. He saw like millions saved. He preached to a million people one time. Wow, I wish I could do that. And then God said, Eric, I don't want you to do that. I didn't make you to do that. You're not Billy Graham. You're not Adrian Rogers. You're Eric Capace, a saved Roman Catholic altar boy from New Orleans, Louisiana that lives in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Accept that, Eric. Accept it. I want you to do that. Number three, I want you to give yourself. I want you to learn how to give yourself. In other words, to rearrange your schedule every now and then to give yourself to serve, whatever that is. You say, yeah, but I've got this. I know, I know, I do too. I know, I know. But would you consider over the next few weeks giving yourself over to God to be used to serve Him? And then number four, I want you to be yourself. Just be who you are. Just be loved by God. Just be who you are. You know, my wife is loving this because she's learning this too, right, honey? She is learning this. She's kind of been a little bit of the captain of our family lately because she's ahead of all of us with this. And we're, we're following a little bit of her example right now. And it's not easy. But we're learning to be ourselves. Because sometimes we're selfish, aren't we? And we just want somebody to be this way. As, as opposed to just saying, just be yourself. Be yourself. And I want you to be yourself. I think God's got great plans for this church. I really do. But I think this sermon series and these messages are critical to us becoming the church that God wants us to be. With every head bowed and every eye closed, as we bow our heads and close our eyes in prayer, I want to just draw your attention to 